0: Intro. Doo, 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 doo.
1: BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services. Here we discuss all things fitness, running, rucking, endurance, obstacle course racing, and more. Welcome to the BeastNet. Hey, everybody out there in BeastNet land. Today, you got Brother Boggs. I'm talking with Joshua Coburn and Sin Coburn about being positive and his new book, Shit That Needs Said. Josh, you want to go first or send?
2: Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and jump in. Yeah, no, right. no problem. We appreciate you uh you having us on.
1: Yeah, so just kind of let us know who you are, what got you to where you are. I'm sure, sure. When, the, when the podcast pops up on someone's view, they're going to see what you look like and go, wow, this is not my normal motivational speaker. <laughs> right. The long and
2: short of things for me is, uh, you know, I'm a small-town kid really battled with, with personal value and self-image for a lot of years and always had the goal of just kind of helping others because I knew if I felt this way, I kind of couldn't be the only one. And through a series of events in the corporate world and, and owning my own businesses, uh, I ended up speaking in front of crowds anyway, kind of teaching you know from a slideshow. And then I started writing and, and created my own publishing company, started releasing books on my own and that just evolved into what I do today. One of my books a few years ago hit it's called Inspiration on Demand, hit pretty big. I ended up on a lot of, you know, TV and radio shows and stuff all over the place and traveling a lot. And then that took me into corporate speaking and then into schools. So that's kind of really the, the again, the long and short of things. We have pretty large followings on social media as well because I do still daily put out positive vibes and positive messages just because I feel like that's stuff I need to hear. And again, I believe others need to hear it too. So I, I drop that out just to kind of keep my head straight and help others kind of
1: get their day started right as well. It really does. Cause that's, that's what originally attracted me to uh, following you guys on Facebook and, and Instagram for the show was just that every day here you are with your whiteboard, just writing down something or a piece of paper, writing down something that's just inspirational and positive. and And when you open up your Facebook in the morning, you got 300 different things talking about this is bad, that's bad, the world's bad, president's bad, the president's good. You know, they just go into all this crap and it doesn't have anything to do with anything. So by friending you and hitting follow, see first, all of a sudden I can start out the day with something positive. And, and that's why we actually reached out to you because right now... The world is a very scary place, and and we just need to start being more positive in all of our interactions with other people. Uh, absolutely, and I think that
2: you know a lot of people forget that we are in this together. I've been talking about that for years and years and years when I'm speaking at different places and and stuff like that because I think that that we tend to believe that we're solo entities out there, invested in our cell phones and in our laptops doing work, but really at the end of the day especially now with, with all the stuff happening, it really breaks down kind of the, the walls and shows us that, look, if we don't work together, we're not going to make it. And that applies through everything. Um, Sin and I always talk when it comes to business partnerships and stuff like that, we're always talking about family first, business second, because business, if I'm, if I'm going to go into business with somebody, I don't have interest in doing it unless I trust them. And if you're not family, I don't know that I can fully trust you. So we always try to do family first with people. So we'll break bread with people, sit down with them, travel with them, and figure out, look, is this going to work? Because even if the business side doesn't work, we still made great friends and family. And that's hugely important to us. So that's kind of how we approach everything is is that way. You know, we're we're in it all together.
0: You are what you eat. That's the, the great thing that holds so much truth to it. So... You surround yourself with certain things and you become that certain thing. And I've actually honestly struggled with social media lately because of that because things have been so terribly negative and you know, you go on and that's the first thing that you're slammed with and, and that gets overwhelming. And so I've had to make the conscious decision to actually step back and not scroll Facebook because You are what you eat. And I start feeling those same things and I can't, I can't allow myself to go down that rabbit hole or else I can't do what I know that I'm supposed to do even on a daily basis or a weekly basis. And, you know, I do the same things that Josh does. He fortunately is able to post these great messages um, on a daily basis. I'm not quite there yet. Um, his are very direct and to the point where I tend to write a lot of novels. <laughs> so I have to really feel it before I can do that. But it's great because he's kind of, you know, helping to shift those gears and, and do those positive messages first thing in the morning versus solely reading about COVID or animal cruelty or people getting hurt and whatnot. So.
1: Yeah. it's It's amazing how, uh, the first couple weeks that COVID was a, a big thing in the news, Instagram was still safe, and and depending on on who you follow, it's still pretty safe. But I'm seeing more and more of it pop up on there. Facebook has just kind of become a very negative place to be, so I've been personally trying to stay away from it. Like you,
0: absolutely. We we've actually found that uh, TikTok is where we tend to gravitate towards. So. If we want any kind of uplifting anything or, you know, funny videos, we run straight to TikTok and usually every night we're cracking up over something that we found on there.
1: Yeah. It's funny. Cause, uh, one of the nonprofits that I work with, they just started a, uh, a, a TikTok and, and only reason I even know it exists is because of them and with them posting it on Facebook and stuff. It's strange having somebody like me manage and operate a, a, a podcast and, Try to keep all this stuff going, and and when it comes to social media and emerging platforms and stuff, I'm usually last to the table. Yeah, having friends now that uh, that show me this stuff when it's you know it's only three or four years old now, not ten. So I guess it's not exactly old old. It's not old enough for me yet. <laughs> but uh, but no, right. TikTok, the little bits I've gotten of it have been a lot more positive than anything I've seen on Facebook. That is true. I think the big thing is that you know, you're looking at
2: different demographics. If you're talking social media, you know, Instagram, you have uh, a bit younger. Uh, I, I don't want to say younger crowd. Um, like, you know, you're, you're 24 to 35. And then you get on Facebook, you have an average of, of, you know, older than that, like 35 plus. And those are the people that are spending a lot of time, you know, with their nose in newspapers, watching Fox News, watching CNN, you know, concerned about their stocks and their bonds and you know, their jobs and all this stuff. And then you get to Instagram, people are there. They're a little younger. They, you know, they're a little more willy nilly. They maybe don't have their ducks in a row as much. Maybe they don't care as much. And then you get over to TikTok and you have an even younger crowd that really doesn't have any concern other than, I don't have to worry about school or college right now. So those are the things you're kind of looking at in terms of attitudes. And it is funny because Facebook to me is a tool, it's more of a cesspool of. Negativity in my mind, and it has been for years, but I use it as a tool to kind of inject some of that positive mindset every day. And, you know, like Cynthia said, it can be gross at times, but my feed really isn't that because I edit that out. I edit my life, I edit social media, I edit my television, I edit my books in a way that I'm only feeding my brain what's good. I don't eat food that I hate, so why the hell am I going to ingest? anything else that I hate. That's my whole thing. And people a lot of times think I'm crazy because they're like, oh, you're just burying your head in the sand. Now, I'm very aware that there's a ton of crappy food out there. And I'm aware of what crappy food is, but I'm just not going to put it in my mouth. And that's the way I see, you know, a lot of what's going on out there now. There's a lot of great information, but there's a lot of shit that I don't need. So I'm just going to not pay attention to it. Or I'm going to put it in the back of my brain for uh, future use if it comes up. Otherwise, I'm going to keep on
1: trucking forward in a in a good way with a smile instead. And a lot more people out there need that. I found myself on my personal Facebook having to – I'm not going to unfriend people really at this point, but I've had to kind of filter it down and, and unfollow things because you get those people that from the, morning the minute they wake up in the morning to the minute they go to bed, they're just posting – Negative stuff. And, and you're right. You got to edit that out because that's going to make you negative. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and that's the thing.
2: Like, you know, a lot of people, everybody has limits about what they do and do not want to see. And, you know, individuals who tend to be talking constant negativity about politics or, you know, whatever it is that I don't want to see. If I post something that's maybe too extreme in content, they're going to edit me right out because it's, it's infuriating to them. But if I kind of unfollow, it's upsetting to them as well. But, you know, it generally doesn't go both ways to that end. It's not that I don't like those people. It's that I just don't need to see what they're offering because the value isn't there for me in in that way. If I see them on the street, let's have a conversation. Unless they continue to spout that stuff, then, again, I'll edit you right out of my personal life as
1: well yeah I think right now with with so many states having shelter in home or shelter in place things going, people just have way too much time for that they They aren't getting out jigsaw puzzles. they're not spending the time with their kids. they're sitting there and researching and getting more and more negative as each day goes on so again that's that's why I love the refreshing things when you post daily. There's another guy that uh local guy over here, Andrew Hooper. Same thing every day. He's got something inspirational or positive. So I'm following him as a follow first. You know, I want to see those out there every day because those are the things that are going to affect me in a positive way and put me in the right mindset for my day.
2: Right. Yeah, absolutely. There's, to me, there's no other way. That's why I take the initiative first, to put it out there because I'm a firm believer that kind of what goes around comes around and you get out of life what you put into it. So that's why mentally, If I want to get good out of the world, I got to put it out there as often as possible. Physically, if I want my body to be good and feel good, I have to put in the time in the gym or right now at home doing things that I need to do to make my body that way. And I I feel like it's, it's up to me to start that kind of trend, because if I'm not starting it, who is? That's the biggest thing. If not me, then who? Or if not sin, then who? And if people aren't asking that question, then they're going to continue with that cycle of, of negativity and, and negative self-talk and all those things. Being a bump on the log, especially right now, is, is absolutely draining. It's, it's not good for any of us. I mean, how many times have you talked to people who are like, gosh, I wish I could just stay in bed today? Well, now people have the opportunity to stay in bed, to do the things that they've always wanted to do, gosh, if I didn't work this job, I could a, b, C D, e, whatever it is. My question is, why the hell aren't they doing it? Sure, there could be some limitations right now because of lockdowns and things, but you know where there's a will, there's a way. What is it that we can do to get around that and still make progress in our
1: life yeah you're you're exactly right i mean if if i if I sat there and kept saying that I'm going to go to Spain someday. Well, maybe I don't speak Spanish. Right now, I can't go to Spain, so I can spend two weeks. I think uh, Rosetta Stone's either free or got some awesome sale going. I can spend the next two weeks sitting at home, becoming fluent in Spanish or French or wherever I want to go or whatever I want to do, or I can mope around in bed.
2: Yep, exactly. exactly. And so many people get in their head that this is a time to just kind of Uh, what's the word I'm looking for, become stagnant. Well, nothing's happening, so I may as well do nothing. I see this as a time to be more creative, to get more focused, like you said earlier, to focus on family, to focus on your kids, to do the things that you've been neglecting. Admittedly, I travel a lot. I work a lot. I get the chance to be home and and chill out with the kids and talk and have conversations and do things that otherwise I couldn't do quite to the level I am now take advantage of that because if we're not, we're going to miss it. And it's not coming back. I mean, we might have versions of what we're dealing with now for a while, but, you know, kids age, we age, you know, pe- people die as, as we're learning. You know, we just don't know. So we have to take that opportunity. And for those, for those that have anxiety and fears and, and things that they're dealing with in terms of not Doing specific things like I would hope beyond hope that at this point, this lockdown has taught people that they can't wait because the opportunity may never
1: come back. This is, you know, once in a 100 years type thing. I mean, the whole world is Mm -hmm. shutting down. And what's the chance of, of the world shutting down again to this level to where you can actually do within reason anything that you've put on your on your bucket list for self growth, motivation, education, family time, you know, maybe it's getting a new pen pal. That's uh, something that I've seen a lot of people doing now is going back to handwriting some letters and sending them to, to elderly people in homes to remind them that, Hey, sorry that your family can't come see you. We're thinking about you just to do something positive, to do something, to engage somebody.
2: Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. I'm, I'm weighing it. I know uh sin here loves the written words he loves a a note or a card or something like that because it lasts. you can hold on to that that's why i struggle with digital a lot of people are like why do you write books nobody reads books anymore you should do an ebook you should do audible i've done all that and nobody says you know what i'm going to go back to that ebook that i read six months ago to refresh myself hell no people have the book laying around and they pick it up and look at it once in a while when they see it in their house and refresh themselves. And when I'm gone and dead, that book is still going to exist. The digital goes into the ether, you know, it's gone forever. And what's the point of that after, what's the value rather in that after it's been read? So those notes that people are writing to the, the letters uh, to the pen pals, that's huge. That's such a big deal.
0: And I'm glad that's kind of starting to come back because of this. That actually makes me really happy. One thing we did yesterday was um, we actually did a mock Christmas dinner just so we could have some good food and have the family come together and stuff. And I've noticed that other people are kind of doing the same thing. So I'm glad that that's causing people to come together and put electronics down and, and do things, you know, with your hands, like play games and write letters and and cook and teach each other things. So
2: connect really, really make a real solid connection.
1: Yep. Something that electronics takes away from, unfortunately.
2: Uh, I was just going to say, isn't it, isn't it funny how we're more connected than ever, but often we are more distant than ever with other human beings at the same time. It's such a crazy thing to think about right now. It's giving us the opportunity to kind of change that in, in a way. And I'm, I'm happy about that.
1: Yeah, I've had a couple of friends that host parties where you walk in and you pretty much set your cell phone in a basket. So you have to be engaged with the people that are there. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely great. A couple months ago, we had a a card party at one of our friends' houses and pretty much everybody there was just sitting on the floor playing different card games. And you know, here's all these people ranging from 20 to we had grandparents there in their 60s and 70s. And we we're all just engaging as a group. And, uh, you know, too bad we can't do that now. But as soon as uh, the world takes a breath and we kind of get back to life again, you know, that's kind of stuff that I'm really looking forward to also is getting back with those friends. Cause, you know, those kind of things, that's where they're not just your friends, they are your family at that point. So, absolutely. I'm right there with you. Do you like the Beast Net? Do you want to keep hearing it? Be sure to follow us on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, and more at BeastNetPod. So you kind of brought up uh, your books. Um, you've written, is it three now?
2: Or just the two that uh, are
1: published primarily?
2: No, I've, I've actually written four four books. Uh, one okay. is uh, out of print now. Um, the other three are still available in various places. Like Amazon or Barnes & Noble or uh, uh, my website, JoshuaCoburn.com. So it just depends. Um, you know what, what you're seeking and where he, where you can get it because of the various ways they were published. But yeah, everything that I put out is is kind of like we're talking. It's about connection human connection. It's about support. It's about positive growth. And I'm not a uh like you know I'm billed as a motivational speaker. Sims billed as a motivational speaker. I don't see that. To me, that's a marketing term. Uh, I just go hang out with new friends and. Be vulnerable, get real with people, and provide support and open my ears and really hear people. And my books are the same thing—the stories of individuals that you know have things to say that maybe haven't been heard and need to be heard, or encouraging words that I can provide to people. Uh, like my latest book is is just that. It's, it's words and sentences and paragraphs that are there specifically to help you make your life better because I can't change people's lives. I can't do anything for them other than encourage and remind them that they can do it. So that book is a way for me to get into people's homes all over the world and encourage them constantly without having to actually be present. And that impact is huge for me. It's, it's very important because I know that if they have that book, they've come through it once or twice or once a day or once when they get up in the morning that they're going to see some sort of positive impact because to be honest there's just no other way because the content is just rich and and uh motivating i mean it's it's there to kind of give a kick in the butt to help them get going and get their mind right
1: and again that's just the, the awesome thing that that drew me to following you guys and reaching out to talk on the show is just the fact that that here you are with the social media, the books, and then, honestly, until I started researching further, I didn't realize all the work you had done with the kids back when when your first book, I think, came out where you were on CNN and, uh, and Fox News or whatever talking about the power of positivity and the way that you presented it.
2: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, if we're going to change the world, it starts with the kids. It starts with the youth. We can believe all we want. That is, you know, in my case, I'm, I'm just about 40, and we can believe all we want that we can make those changes. But the changes that I'm helping to put in place today and, and others roughly our age are helping to put in place today have to be carried on by someone. And that, that's the youth. They have to know and be educated, be confident, and be ready to take on the world in a better way. And they're not gonna do that hating their parents or, you know, having no self confidence or misunderstanding, you know, economics or how to, you know, build their bank account or, or networking or how to handle people and communicate. Like if they don't have those skills, they're not gonna make it. And unfortunately, a lot of people slip through the cr- slip through the cracks. So I view it very much as my job, I know Sin does as well, when we go to schools to Make sure that every student in that room feels seen so they can step out into the world confidently and feel good about what they're going to put out there and what they're going to get back in life. So, yeah, for us, you know, stepping in front of a, you know, a school auditorium and and really being able to to connect deeply with individuals is honestly probably one of the most important things that,
1: that we've ever done. Um, from what I could see, those connections are real and true because I see those kids, you know, three years and six years down the road still connecting with you through social media because you had that impact in their life. Yeah, absolutely.
2: It's it's really a cool thing now that I've been speaking for, I don't know, Cynthia, how long has it been? Like 16 years, fifteen, sixteen 16 years? Getting in front of so many students over the years in various parts of the world knowing that they went from, you know, that 12, 13-year-old kid to, you know, some a college graduate, some, you know, going into some kind of vocation they really like, or just really diving into a life of happiness and coming back to me and telling me really that that the moments they had in the audience at at something that we put on influenced them to do that is, is like, it's unbelievable. It's such a huge thing to see that impact over that, that amount of time.
0: And what's funny is that, uh, most times it's the adults that are kind of hesitant to have us in certain places, whether it's schools or corporations or whatever, because of the way we look. Um, and that's exactly why we do what we do because we try to show people that, you know, don't be judgmental. Don't judge a book by its cover. And especially when we go to schools, you'll realize the transition from when we first walk in, you know, the parents are kind of giving us the look or they're just not too sure, you know, some of the school teachers and stuff were just really quiet with us. And then by the end of it, they're coming up and they're the ones hugging us and saying, thank you. And, you know, we'll, we'll get messages later on with the same thing because they realize the good impact that we do have on kids and why, it it works, you know, because we do look different and we are kind of stretching those limits and showing people that it's, that it's okay. You don't need to live inside a certain box in order to thrive and succeed in life.
1: And that's an awesome thing to be putting out there because so many of these kids, the, the ones that you hear about with a lot of um, emotional issues or a lot of uh, suicidal tendencies and stuff, a lot of that is pushed because of the way they look and everyone picking on them for that or because they believe something different or their, their sexuality or whatever. And and society is just so attacking when it comes to looks. And then to have some right. people like you and Josh come out and, and they're just shocked and then all of a sudden they connect with you. And I think that hopefully opens up a lot of people's eyes.
0: It does. And, you know, a lot of times when teens are suicidal or they're struggling in life, why is that it's because they feel different like no one will understand or no one does understand so why are they going to want to reach out to somebody that they feel that they can't connect with you know and then you have us who we are the misfits you know we do look different we we don't look like most people do and instantly these kids realize that they can open up and they do have a source to go to. They can write us messages. And in all honesty, we are no different than anybody else. You know, we, we feel the same things, you know, some of our greatest friends in our life, you would never think would be such close friends, but you know, as a whole salt of the earth, people come in all different shapes and sizes and forms and races and whatever else. It's just, physically we look a certain way and the kids can really attach to that and we can get through to them because of it.
1: Yeah, it's funny cuz my daughter her hair is currently fading back to blonde from about the the shade of red that yours is right now.
2: <laughs> uh, nice.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I, did, I, I I'm a I'm a pretty easy laid back parent. I've got some very basic rules and as long as my kids follow that, they're both very successful in school because of it. You know it's a very low pressure environment, just high reward, low pressure and and it's working and it's paying off for me. so you know that's when i I work with the school and I work with some of the parents there and and I always try to lead them to what I'm doing because it's working and uh, listening to you guys talk and and hopefully here shortly finally cracking a book because I'm really bad about actually reading books i'm I'm the guy that uses audible because. <laughs> Yeah, you know, a portion of my day, probably two to three hours, I spend driving. Some days, and I fill it in with that because that makes a whole lot of sense. Whereas reading a book while driving, probably not the best idea. Right, right. I feel yeah. But uh, but it's just it's amazing when you're when you're a salt of the earth person using that term. Um, how your life can be so much better because you're able to just connect and, and let things be um, instead of placing so much value on appearance or sexuality or any of that stuff. And, and I use those two, I guess, because those are the ones that those are the, the two that I, I hear most when I'm working with kids that, that they're unfortunately, you know, they're, that's what they get bullied about and stuff. So, I mean, I, I probably talk about that more often than the other things that aside from appearance and, and sexuality, but you know, it's just, it's really tough when, when you're out there in that world and now, now we're adding physical disconnection to these kids, and they're going to have to figure out how to to do all this without social media making their lives horrible. Just kind of thinking right. aloud on that.
2: Yeah, no, I, I mean, you're right. There's so many things that divide us, and that's where negative thinkers tend to focus, right? Um, you know, oh, from a kid's standpoint, you know, my parents don't make a lot of money. I don't have the newest iPhone. I. You know, I haven't seen the latest films. I can't have those conversations. You know, everybody must look at me a certain way or from the parent standpoint. Oh, you know, I'm not a C-suite guy or gal. I don't have a specific corporate job. I'm nothing. You know, I'm just a welder. What what people don't realize is that there are ways to kind of combat those negative talks because just a welder can do a hell of a lot of things that C-suite guy or gal can't do. And instead of thinking, you know, I don't make enough money, thinking, gosh, you know what, I'm living my dream. I'm doing what I want to do the way I want to do it. And focusing on those positive things rather than focusing hard on kind of that divide. And that's where really, truly for Cynthia and I that, that we really thrive. And that's our job. We, we connect to people. We make sure that we focus on similarities. We can talk to anybody anywhere, in any country, regardless of language barrier, because we try to be approachable, we smile, and we have conversation. We listen first, we ask questions, and suddenly you realize what that common ground is. And that's how you grow, because if you're not willing to discuss common ground or uh, be vulnerable with somebody, you're never going to see a connection. And that's what most people do. I was guilty of it for years and years and years, thinking, oh, man, I'm so alone. And that was because I was failing in making the choice to be vulnerable and have a conversation with somebody else to say, hey, I feel this way sometimes. Do you ever feel that way? And if you're, you know, you're going to get people that are like, no, you're crazy because they don't feel that way. But there's a good chance that someone has felt the same things that you or me or anybody else is feeling and if we're vulnerable like that, you start to make those connections, you start to build those friendships, ultimately start networking your way through life. And we all know the old phrase of it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I've lived my whole life by that. I'm not a college graduate. I don't have a master's degree, but I go and I speak to corporations where everyone there has all those things and I'm teaching them. That doesn't make sense if you talk. If, if I was 15 and telling a principal that this was going to be my life and you know, 20 years. But guess what? It is. It's because you know, it's, it's it's who I knew, it's how I did things, it's the choices I made, and now it's the value I'm putting out. And as long as this uh, that that vulnerability is communicated and people are brave, their their lives are going to change. And kids and and for that matter, adults need to understand that.
1: Yeah, that's just the the opening up and being honest with yourself sometimes. Because even when you're talking to people and you're reaching out with that honesty, sometimes. They are so afraid of opening up themselves that they still oh no, that's not me, and they walk away so right. it, it's a tough it's a tough thing when you're first starting to create those those connections, but once you have them, the family that you create from that connection just is amazing
2: it is it is, and that's the whole thing. I think a lot of people do think that things like that happen overnight, or for that matter, happiness happens overnight. No, it doesn't. What we're talking about does not happen the first time you do it, maybe the second time, the third time, but you know, you can't be great at sports. You can't be, you know, a professional musician or a pro bodybuilder unless you show up and you practice. And that's, that's happiness. You got to practice your happiness. You have to practice your vulnerability. You have to find the right people to connect to, to get the information you need. I mean, that's just the reality of it. You have to practice self-confidence. You have to practice self-worth. You have to go through all these things over and over every day. You know, happiness is not perpetual, and it's not situational either, but most people let it be or, or allow it to be in their life when happiness is, as we all know,
1: our own responsibility and a choice. Yeah, nobody can make you happy or sad. It's how you perceive the things that uh, create your happiness or sadness. Exactly, So exactly, and go ahead. I was going to say, so without giving away the books, um, what would be kind of some of the, the key Thoughts from the last book, uh, where you go into maybe a little more depth than the overview we did. Where you, was there any specific phrases or sentences out of that book that uh, that stick out that maybe you haven't put out lately in a, in one of the Facebook messages or something?
2: Um, you know, the the stuff that I put out on on uh, like Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and Twitter and everywhere else. That stuff that I put out is is new and fresh every single day. It's what I'm feeling. It's not necessarily pulled from a book or, you know, taken from an old speech or anything like that. So if, if people want the freshest, latest, newest, whatever, that's where they get it. And sometimes it ends up in a book. Sometimes it never does. You just never know. But um, when it comes to the book itself, for me, you know, it's for people that really need to understand no matter what hell or hardship they're going through, like good things are ahead and they, they have to be aware of that. Um, like one of them is, is, you know, trusting your heart and go with it. Amazing things are ahead. The reason I bring that up, the reason it says it in the book is just very much because a lot of people don't trust themselves enough. If you have a bad or good feeling about something, trust that because it's, that's there to guide you. And a lot of times, if you don't trust it, you get that lesson. And I was guilty of it for a long time where I'd be like, of course this happens. This happens every darn time. Well, yeah, because I wasn't trusting what my gut said. And that's, that's a pretty hard thing to learn, but it was really important for me to learn it. And that's why it's included in the book. Um, another thing too that's, that's listed is, is when you stare death in the face, you learn to live without regret. With everything that's going on, that couldn't be more timely because I feel like people today are very much looking around them and hearing about death tolls rising in different countries and different states and all this stuff. And I hope that they are looking at their life and thinking, boy, I always wanted to do this. Maybe the time is now. Maybe I need to make that happen because, you know, I watch my dad say, hey, I'm going to do all this stuff when I retire. Well, his health didn't hold up. Guess what he didn't do? My grandfather, the same thing. So Cynthia and I live our life where we work to make things happen, to create memories and moments. So we never create regret. And we don't have that. And I think right now is a really important thing because a lot of cancer survivors, a lot of people who survived car wreck, <clears throat> excuse me car wrecks and uh, other near death experiences always say, "If you have something you want to do, go do it now because you may never be able to do it again." Man, don't live with regret. Get out there, do it as soon as this is all over. Make those plans today so you can get out there and do it. Whether it's saving money to get to, you know, the French Riviera or you know, doing that thing you always wanted to do.
1: That's so amazingly true. I just uh, last week was talking with a, a Spartan para-athlete, Erica Bugan, and she was in a, a domestic violence accident about 11 years ago, and, and it almost mm-hmm. cost her her life. Unfortunately, it cost her complete use for legs. She's wheelchair-bound now. Wow. And at first, she just she let it destroy her for a certain point. And then she just made the decision that she's going to own it. And she went on to be uh, Miss Wheelchair USA, I think it was 2015. And now she's out doing Spartan races. And in September, her and the team, is going; they're going over to do Mount Kilimanjaro in a wheelchair. Wow.
2: That's awesome. Holy cow. What a story. And isn't it fancy that that story is, is, is not from someone famous. That's from somebody... Down the street or in your neighborhood or in your city of no particular age, no particular race, but simply somebody who set their mind to doing something different and, and doing what what was best for their life to, you know, go in pursuit of their happiness and, and inspire us all. That's so huge. Cynthia was just mentioning that it doesn't matter, like age doesn't matter. And, you know, our kids currently like had mentioned, hey, I want to go to D.C. It was like, okay. So if you want to do that, like we could just book the tickets and go, but we're like, start saving your pennies. You know, they're too young to work, but they get Christmas money, birthday money, you know, they might return recyclables or something like that. And I was like, this is what you want. You'll save it. If you don't want it, then you won't earn it and we won't go. And he's almost there. He's he's 13 years old, just turned 14. And he's almost there for his ticket to, to DC. And as soon as he gets there, we'll book it and go once all this passes. And it's like, What amazing memories he's going to create. And he'll know he earned that. And he's doing it even in a time of perceived crisis.
1: That's a a kick ass way to do things, honestly. Um, You know, my daughter still really enjoys the material things and she wanted the new iPhone. So I made her save up the few hundred dollars to pay off her old one before I would get her a new one. And it was the same Mm -hmm. thing. You know, if you want it, you're going to do what it takes to get it. She teaches uh, viola and violin lessons because she's a little bit older than oh, your wow. son. But so here she is, you know, working, going and doing these lessons for 20 bucks an hour. And she gets enough of those lessons done and hands me the cash and says, all right, get it for me. And uh, so we did because uh, that was the deal. And uh, that's just an awesome way to raise people, you know, the way that you're doing with your son and my daughter, because it teaches them the value of discipline. And a lot of people just don't get that these days.
0: Oh, they don't get it at all. You know, they sit there and they eat out every single day and they spend five, six bucks on their coffee every single morning. And then they complain because they can't go on this amazing trip to, you know, Tahiti or wherever, you know, and they get all bummed out. And we try to tell people that's that's false. You can do those things. Do this instead. Save your money here. Don't drink that coffee. Get a 99 cent coffee instead. Make your coffee at home you know, don't eat out, make sandwiches, take them to work. There's so many different ways where you can save money and be okay and, and make these goals a reality. You know, people live outside of their means all the time. And it's so hard for us to sympathize for them because we know what it takes to uh, to get goals. And that's, <laughs> that's not one of them. So we struggle with that, um, watching people do these. But you know, we do help them in any way possible. But, you know, in the end, it's like, you know, these are lessons that need to be learned as adults, you know, you trial and error, and you eventually learn that, hey, I, if I truly want this, this is what I need to alter in order to get there.
2: Yeah, uh, to, to that end, it's it's really interesting to see on social media, the individuals who are stuck at home, and lashing out at people who made different choices, and who are seemingly a little better off than them in that situation, even though those individuals who are lashing out have no idea of the scenario or situation those others are going through. And it's like, look, you know, we make the beds we lay in, whether we like it or not. And don't get me wrong, I'm very aware that there's other variables that things happen and things happen to us. But it's also a matter of how we choose to mentally approach those things and what our attitude is for the life we're living based on the cards we're dealt. And we're always advocates for playing your cards as if they were the cards you asked for, if, you know, no matter what hand you're dealt because then you have a better attitude when you're playing them.
1: Yeah. Like that would be a definite win in a poker game. If you're excited about whatever cards are dealt to you.
2: Uh, Right. Right.
1: Make it really hard to tell if you're bluffing.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. We often kind of look at life as simple And, you know, uh, like the whole it's complicated thing always cracks me up because I don't believe life's complicated. I'm not saying life is easy. I'm just saying that it's simple because our only job on this planet is to leave it better than we found it. Make sure we have uh, food, water and shelter. Beyond that, anything else is kind of icy on the cake. So if we're complaining about how stressed we are, we have to ask ourselves, is is it worth it? And, and it can be, you know, that mortgage, you know, or or that car or that RV you purchased that you never use, or the, the marriage you're in, or rather the, the pressure you put on yourself because you're an unwed 30-something and the rest of society says you should be married. Is it worth it? And I find often the answer is no, it's not worth it. If we're causing um, long-term health issues, because of the stress we're putting on ourselves, it's not worth it because we're complicating it. Let's, let's simplify it. If, if you're living beyond your means, cut back. If your mortgage is too much and you realize you have an entire basement you're not using, what's stopping you from selling your home and downsizing so you have a better mortgage and you're not stressing? I mean, there's so many solutions for the problems that most of us are creating. And I think that's the hard thing is you you said, uh, you know, sometimes we have to get real with ourselves. And I think that's hard for a lot of people because most times when we're in situations, again, not all, but most times when we're in situations in life we're unhappy with, it's because of choices we made. And uh, it's a harsh reality. But the second we're willing to accept that reality, man, we can start finding the solutions needed and we can start kicking all the ass. And that's a huge, huge deal to me. I mean, that's what I'm here for is to help people get better and, and do
1: just that. And unfortunately, it takes that realization no matter what. I uh, used to have a guy that worked for me for a few years, and the guy was always upset about money, always upset about money. He was making pretty good money. Uh, he was a, a manager of a multi-million dollar store, so it's not like he was getting chump change. But mm-hmm. his car payment was more than my mortgage. Wow. And that's that's just a a scary thing to think about. And and every time I'm talking to a guy, here he is with a cigarette in his hand. Now that's eight dollars a day. And then he's talking about going to the bar last night. I'm like, man, you know, what'd you spend? 20, 30, oh, no, I spent 60 bucks at the bar. And just every time I talk to him, it's just like you're upset about money because you're spending it like it's grown on trees, man. You have no concept of value. You know, you don't need a right. 2018 Ford F 350 diesel that's lifted and power chipped and all this crap. You know, but uh, even even now, when I when I run into the guy, because I still run into him sometimes, he's still he doesn't work for me anymore. But he's still just a a pretty negative Nancy and he's still fighting the money tree because he just can't figure out how to get it to grow to substantiate what he wants. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, I mean, truly, everybody wants something
2: now. The whole the art of delayed gratification has gone away by and large. But those who are generally happy and successful and stress-free understand the value of delayed gratification because, yeah, okay, you can have your master's degree and have, you know, an $80,000 a year career, but you still have student loan debt. You just had your first baby. You're still paying off your wedding. You just got a new house and you have two new cars. Still not going to work. So you got to remember that if you want the things that your parents had when they were in their 50s, and you're 25 or 26, probably not going to work. There's a lot more behind that economically that maybe isn't quite communicated as well today as it maybe was in the past. Or for that matter, maybe they haven't suffered enough to understand what value really means. Maybe that's happening right now with the lockdowns because a lot of people are out of jobs and they're figuring out what paycheck to paycheck does, and that it isn't valuable in the long run. You know, it's stressful. and That's a hard thing.
1: Yeah, luckily uh myself and the founder of the show were essential employees in both of our jobs and, and we're still working mm-hmm. and and I think technically we'll never be out of work unless they uh, honestly I don't think they'd ever figure out a way to shut me down. So because of that, right, you know, we're we're still okay, but you know, our friends, you know, we're talking to our friends and, and sometimes some family members and, and trying to help them out and stuff and and it's amazing how people they don't think about how much things cost until they have to sit down and think about do I want to buy a you know a toilet paper or a turkey? And and that right. that concept is just so lost on people. Whereas I'm not a big brand guy. When I go shopping, I'm I'm usually looking at whatever the house brands are, or whatever the best value is. And and it drives my wife it drives my wife nuts because you know, I'll buy a thousand. Pill bottle of vitamins because that was the best value, and I don't have to buy vitamins for three years now. And, right, and you know it's things like that where a lot of people are learning that you can't just keep pulling out credit cards and and buying more and more and more or stuff like that because they don't have an income for the first time in their life, and in a lot of cases for a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. Yep, and <laughs> it's it's uh.
2: it it's it's amazing like you use the word value a lot i've been using the word value a lot in this conversation and it is amazing that people don't understand what that means and you know even like we've been talking social media people all the time talk about followers and likes right and everybody wants more of that well what's the value if you're constantly talking about politics and you know complaining and and being negative, your value is pretty low to most people, unless they're also in the same boat and and kind of contributing to that negativity. So that's who you're going to get. But if you're contributing positive value out there to the world, you're going to start gaining more and more followers. You're going to get more engagement because naturally people want that. I mean, look at you know like the like The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, right? Millions of followers. Why? Because he provides a lot of value to a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. And that's all it is. Yes, you can say he's a star. Yes, you can say all these things, but he worked to get there. And not only that, still today, he's very conscious of the value he's putting out. It's never negative. It's always reminding people to work for what they want. And it's always reminding them that they are perfectly capable of achieving their dreams. So he's providing value that everybody wants to hear. And then he's showing it's possible. And that's such a big deal. So yeah, value, it's, it's, it's pretty important, whether it's the value of money of the dollar or the value of, of what you're putting into the world or the value of friggin' toilet paper at this point, if you don't have any
1: value, sure goes up, doesn't it? And yeah, that's the, the one, one product that I just still can't figure out. I actually read a couple of studies on it and because oddly enough, they have people studying why we're panic buying all the toilet paper in the world. And for myself, Toilet paper is not a problem. I'm a value shopper. Before the pandemic went crazy, I had a couple cases because I buy it by the case, and and so I'm not running and yeah. You know, I I've only been to the grocery store I think twice in the last few weeks because I, I don't have a need for anything there. Or you know, if I do have a need, I find something else in the cupboard that fills that need for now, right? And, and you're yep, right. Yep. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is just freaking awesome. Everything he puts out is just same thing as just like what you put out. It's always positive. It's always reinforcing. And it's always reminding you that you get what you put in. Yeah.
2: I mean, people like that, you know, well, and, and you know, entertainers, musicians, athletes. Yeah, I've been seeing on social media a lot of people talking crap about those individuals because right now uh, it's important that, we recognize nurses and doctors and, and you know, cashiers at gas stations and grocery stores and all that and, and building them up. And I think what people forget is while they're talking trash on the entertainers and stuff and, and building up these other individuals, that tells me technically they're talking trash about these other individuals 90% of the time by keeping their mouth shut and not building them up because right now... The cashiers, the doctors, the nurses, you know, the, those individuals, they're the ones impacting millions. We're just recognizing it for the first time. Entertainers, NFL players, actors, actresses, they've been entertaining and, and captivating millions for a long time, and we're rewarding them for it. So what's the reason we haven't been recognizing all these other people? The electrical workers keeping our lights on. You know, the individuals working at at, uh, internet companies, keeping that run. And like, there's all kinds of things. We're all worthy. We can't place types of uh, value on specific individuals all the time. Do they get paid for their reach? Yeah, they do. So does that mean that a cashier should get paid more? Well, not necessarily. It's not millions individually that they're impacting, but collectively it is millions. So those things need to be weighed, but I think it's really crazy to see how that's that that mindset has shifted. Before, the value is placed on Kobe, who was amazing, and when he passed away, is a big deal. The second something like this happens, who's the champion now? It's the cashier at your local grocery, and that's who's being talked about. So it's interesting the social consciousness and where we place our value
1: at any given time based on what's going on. It really is. Yeah, uh, you know, going back to to working with kids, I always. A lot of the kids that I've talked to at schools and and working with their their uh, what is she a resource teacher I guess um, I send her I send her information on scholarships and stuff out there and the one that I like to push the most is any of the trade school ones because the kids who go oh, to yeah. trade school they're the ones that are currently in high demand because the whole world's you now those are all essential jobs right now, but those kids that go right. to trade school they get out twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars total time in school, and they're paid off within three to five years. The ones yep. that are currently sitting at home unable to work are the ones that have a, a doctorate in East Indian fish loom making. And and right. you're wondering, yeah. <laughs> well, why am I two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in debt and I've only made forty thousand dollars a year for the last five years? Well, you chose something that was really interesting to you. But nobody else on the planet cared about it. So it's not going to pay for it. So, you know, think of that as a frivolous investment in self growth, and you're just going to have to pay for it for a while. Yeah, exactly. Value, right?
2: Comes back to that value. If you people find it valuable, expect to reap a few benefits from it. If millions find it valuable, expect to reap uh, uh, maybe not millions of dollars, but, but maybe it's millions of accolades worth of value out of that. And uh, I mean, you're right. I'm a huge proponent of trades because, my gosh, if you can start your life out with minimal debt and high skill, you're setting yourself up to win, especially if you're in demand.
1: Yeah, that's uh, something that the students, again, that I work with, a lot of them are like, oh, I want to be a doctor. So you're going to put in the 10 years to do this? Well, I don't know. Well, why don't you try this out? You know, welding, Welding's a great one. You go for, in mm-hmm. a lot of cases, you know, one year to 18 months, depending on which program you go to. And all of a sudden there you are making 30 bucks an hour.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I always, and just... I always ask, you know, I- I'm always a, a big, big, like what's going to make you the happiest, happiest. And, you know, often they're like, doctor, I'm like, why? Well, they make a lot of money. So money makes you happy. Well, no, Does going to school for years, make you happy. Well, no. Does having a lot of that make you happy? Well, no. So how is that contributing to happiness? And when you go through those questions, it almost always inevitably leads to a different career choice because, you know, again, back to practicing your happiness, practicing your value, that comes down to choices too. So you have to ask yourself, will this make me happy? And understand that sometimes it won't even after you try it, but you can change that. You can make a different decision anytime. You know, life is short.
1: You may as well live it to the best. So if you made a wrong decision, suck it up. Say you made a wrong decision, try again. Exactly. Uh, so we're kind of coming up on an hour. Um, we haven't talked at all about uh, your new products that just dropped uh, last week. Did you want to spend a minute and kind of oh, yeah. talk about, kind of pimp yourself a little bit, get some value out of this for you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> sure, sure. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Cynthia and I actually partnered with uh, Joe, who is um uh, out of what, uh, Connecticut, right, Um, Joe, at Beard Octane. And uh, for those that have seen my photo, I have a pretty huge beard. And and just naturally over time on social media, people started asking me beard care tips. Well, I didn't have any. I was just a dude with with a beard. So over time, I learned a lot about that from uh, from, uh, Dan C. Bearded on YouTube. So I'll give him a shout-out. And uh, ultimately learned – Kind of value of, of beard and beard care and skincare products because I have issues with uh, with things like rosacea and stuff like that and everybody gets beard itch so we created some beard oils and beard balms that really help us uh, kind of solve those issues with with you know my skin and stuff like that and of course Cynthia has hers because she uses it for shaving and uh, her scent is really a super solid smell we love cigars so. It smells, of course, like cherry, tobacco, and rum, and mine's vanilla, tobacco, and rum. So, yeah, we just launched those. We're pretty stoked about it. Uh, those launched uh, last Friday, and we're seeing a lot of success with it across the globe. So it's it's really a pretty cool new market for us because kind of like we are talking earlier, for us, nothing's kind of out of bounds. If it makes sense in, in our lifestyle, why shouldn't we, you know, promote it and provide it, uh, an, an additional value for people and hopefully again reap those benefits right
1: exactly um yeah you know, you're growing you're growing of course monetarily i'm sure but just the fact that you've now know how to properly care for your own beard and you have a product that was made yes. specifically for you yes exactly
2: 100 percent. everything that we do comes out of passion first um kind of like the, the family before business. That's the way it was with, with both uh, Dancy Beard and, and Joe, which is why we're much more educated about the processes and, and business. And you know that's that value alone matters. If it didn't make sense to do the rest of it, of course, we wouldn't have done it. We've had many different business ventures that we were passionate about, but it just didn't make sense. So we learned a lot. We made some good friends, but we had to let it die because
1: economically, it made little sense. But uh, this made a lot of sense. So here we are. That's awesome. And then there's uh, your website, joshuacoburn.com. You've got, yeah, uh, yeah. All, you've got your books available on there. You've got uh, some of your mentoring and contact info. If somebody wants to bring you in to talk. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's
2: how you get a hold of me. And you can find all our social media on there as well. And uh, Cynthia has sinister.com. C-Y-N-N-S-T-E-R. Oh, is it? Gosh, I'm the worst. Uh, dot com, <laughs> And uh, you can find all of her information on there as well for, for the same thing, speaking and any products she has coming out or that we're working on. So,
1: and, and as always, listeners, you can find the links and liners for the episode. If you just go onto our Facebook um, is the best place to find it. Uh, otherwise, it's just in very small print on your phone while you're trying to read the liner notes. Is there anything that uh, that you'd like to kind of close out with just a moment of do this and you'll be awesome or, you know, be good to people or just anything like yeah, that? You know, any, any last message that the both of you kind of have maybe?
2: Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let Cynthia go first. Do you have anything, babe, that you want to throw out there?
0: Above all kindness. That's what I've been preaching for the past few weeks is just above all and be kind. Be kind to everybody because we're all going through stuff, especially now.
1: Just for fun, because I, I remembered this story, a couple of weeks ago when I was talking to Erica, the gal in the wheelchair, she was telling me that she'd just gotten out of the hospital with pneumonia. She didn't have COVID-19, luckily, and she had to go shopping. There was no way she could get around it, so her and her daughter went shopping. And to Sin's point, she made sure and smiled at every single person and just tried to, to be kind without you know talking or getting their space, but, but just smiling at every single person and she said when she got out to the parking lot this lady came out running after her and her daughter and just thanked her for doing that because right now nobody's even looking each other in the eyes and to have somebody smile at every single person just made her day and that's the truth Mm -hmm. out there i think everyone just needs to get out there and like you said be kind yeah right on and
2: uh i'll throw out there too you know don't forget to every morning build yourself up because so many people forget that you can provide compliments to other people but we, we we fail to do it to ourselves and if we're not doing it to ourselves we're going to struggle with self-confidence with our personal value and again with our happiness so if we want to kick all the ass you got to make sure that you're helping yourself as much as you're helping anyone else
0: thanks for listening to the beast net podcast if you haven't done it yet find us on facebook like and share the podcast